The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Dr. Stephen Baugh. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. So you approach the Lord with praise, blessing his name. We'll keep that in mind as we read our New Testament text. And then you'll see that it's the Lord our God who is good. We'll see that in our blessing. Please be seated. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter one. We'll start at the beginning and read down to verse 11. Dr. Telfer read all of this last week, but we'll read it as well in reminder, and I'll be working on an earlier section than what he uh, presented to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Sends the reading of God's word. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that you will help us in our meditation today to do so to your glory and to our edification and comfort, O Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I had uh, actually expected to work on one verse in chapter 10 where Paul said that his writings were heavy and strong. And I've been doing a lot of work on Greek. I don't know if you knew this, but I read Greek once in a while. and It just seems so interesting to think about Greek style. And I've been working on that a lot, particularly in the book of Hebrews. Uh, and I, you know, I worked on this whole issue with Ephesians pretty heavily. 
Paul's style is heavy, what that means. And to a Greek, it means you use a lot of long syllables. I mean, that's, that's the starting point for how you look at that. Um, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, we're going to look at this uh, opening part, particularly the, the benediction here, verses uh, 3 through 7. And in doing so, I really want to make three points, not because this is a sermon. This is a chapel devotional, and I can do what I want. So we're going to do a little Greek. <laughs> that is my board, and you're going to enjoy that today. Uh, but this is, um, this is also a time to reflect upon um, some really important things for us in light of uh, tragedy last week up in Oregon. In light of, you know, that, that can happen to us just as easily as to them. Uh, this is the world we live in now. There are a lot of uh, dangers facing us as Christians. And it's uh, good to be reminded of the, our, our, the foundation of our hope and of our comfort uh, in the midst of the afflictions of the world. But when, when you read this benediction in verse 3 and following, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I assume you know that there's the same exact phrase in Ephesians 1.3 and in 1 Peter 1.3. I mean, it's identical. So three times you have the same wording. So this was a way of praying. It, it's derived from an Old Testament form. Um, and this is a form of prayer as Paul opens his letter. Um, but when you read this, when I was reading this, I, I kept reading it in light of the Ephesians material, which is, you know, understandable. And in Ephesians, it's a very rich theological, uh, Trinitarian meditation upon God's redemption in Christ. There's a refrain that keeps coming back, you know, in the Lord, in Christ Jesus, uh, to the praise of his glory. And the glory of his grace. I mean, it just, you're just flooded with all this rich stuff about our, um, our redemption, the down payment of the spirit, our adoption into his family. I mean, this is, this is that opening benediction in Ephesians. It's a very rich one. And in comparison, this is very thin. You know, you have the word comfort or consolation, another way to put this. Either the noun or the verb appears 10 times in this uh, short sequence. And he really doesn't say that much in comparison. He just says, blessed be God who comforts us, who comforts you. And I'm comforted in the fact that when I'm afflicted, I can comfort you. And that's about all I have to tell you. I hope you find that edifying. <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's what I find edifying. Paul's pretty subdued here. He's been beat up. That's why we read this last part. He, yeah, take him seriously when he says, and, and by the way, it's Paul and Timothy, as, as we read there. They were both afflicted. They were beat up, sometimes literally. I mean, later in 2 Corinthians, Paul recounts how he was beaten with rods, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, dangers here and there. I mean, serious, life-threatening dangers. It wears on you. Life wears on you sometimes. 
And you, keep, you have to keep ministering to people. And sometimes, you know, you're running close to empty. But you have to keep ministering. You have to keep working. You have to keep serving the Lord. Why? Because he's our comfort. He's our energy. He's our strength. This is, this is his bread and butter, but he's pretty tired. He's, he's very subdued here. I don't know if you noticed, but he says, you know, I praise the Father because he comforts us. He doesn't tell us how. How, Lord, how, Paul, are you comforted? I mean, is it because you have your quiet times every day? Is it because you've had a vision and God has appeared to you and, you know, patted you on the back and comforted you? No. He's comforted because he knows that if he serves the Lord, there will be a good outcome. And you see, he, he's talking about this affliction, but he's, he, he gives you the insight. It's an affliction for your sake. You know, I'm afflicted as an apostle of the Gentiles, and you folk are Gentiles. You're in my turf. You're in my territory where I'm working to plant the gospel with deep roots that will last for more than 2,000 years and keep going. And that comforts him. That is his comfort right there. The fact that he has seen the fruit starting up despite all the problems that have arisen, and it comforts him. But there's actually more here. It's, it's really at the heart of it, and this is my second point, in this blessing, you see, is this covenant background. If you're around our seminary long enough, you're going to hear the word covenant a few times, by the way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's a Bible thing. <laughs> Furthermore, we really like it. Why? Well, it's a Bible thing, but it's a great thing. It's a rich thing. And it's here in every page of scripture. It was in the Psalm 100 we just sang, and it's here now. And it's this phrase in the benediction, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He had just said, blessed be the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, as, as you will recall, Jesus tells one of his disciples before he ascends, I go to my God and your God. He is speaking in his humanity, and that is the covenant formula right there. The outcome of God's sworn allegiance to us that we believe in and enter into the reality of is I will be your God, and you will be my people. You are mine. This, this mutual possession. So whenever he says, I am your God, or we say, the Lord our God, that's the covenant behind it. This is firm commitment, oath-bound commitment of God to be ours. And it's evident right here, but it's interesting, isn't it? You see, the Old Testament form of this is the God of Israel. Let me uh, read some verses with that in mind. This is from uh, 1 Kings. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. There's a covenant bond right there. 
who today has granted that one from my line should sit on my throne, 1 Kings 1. Then you have in Psalm 71, I'm just selecting a few of many options we could read. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone performs wonderful deeds. So he's the God of Israel. Then on the, when, when Jesus is born, right? Well, it's actually before he was born, and it's the uh, prophecy of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who is still in an Old Testament period in Luke 1, when he says, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has regard for and rendered redemption for his people. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. So this covenant bond expressing God is the God of Israel, the God of his people. I am your God and you are my people. There is the covenant bond, the commitment uh, undergirding that. But it changes. After the resurrection of Christ, you never get that phrase again. Instead, you get this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because he's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we who have our allegiance in Christ, he is now our God and Father, which is where this blessing is. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, because he's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our mediator. He's the one through whom we have a bond with the Father. Because the Lord God the Father has given his Son to us so that in the Son we come to the Father. Now you think, well, that's not as good. I mean, I just want him myself. This is better. This is far better. Because your relationship, the fact that God is committed to you, is based upon his acceptance of his Son on your behalf. And it is ultimate. His son's righteousness is your righteousness. Therefore, God claims you in the son. This is New Testament religion right here. The son is everything. The Lord Jesus Christ is our way to the father. It's been now made explicit. Before it was implicit. Now it is openly declared to you in this verse. This is part of what comforts Paul. Is this bond implied here? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that and because Christ is mine, he is my Father and my Lord. And I am his. Therefore, he's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Because in Christ we have comfort. In Christ, the afflicted one, you could now just read Isaiah, all of our comfort is poured out. I could read Isaiah 51 to you. It's actually very similar to this, but I won't because of time. Because so I want to get to one other place. But in this text, it looks thin. Paul looks subdued. And it looks thin, but it is actually rich. It is actually rich comfort for us. That when you, when you feel like you're at your last, the end of the tether, when the troubles are piling up around you and when your grief and pain surrounds you and that's all you can see, God's being yours and you being his in Christ Jesus, there is our comfort that is sure. It's a rock. There is our comfort which 
gives us comfort. Well, now I want to get to verse 5 because this is also rich. And it's rich in Greek. I mean, it's, it's translated here in a kind of unusual way. I, I actually think it's a nice translation in the English Standard Version. But they do transform it quite a bit. So verse 5. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort also. And so I put, the, I put the Greek on the board so you can see it. I know this is unusual for a chapel, but Greek is edifying, believe me. It's the most edifying thing you can do. Uh, this is called isocola. It means two lines which are equal syllables. So each of these is 19 syllables. Uh, yeah, they counted things like that back then. You don't count how many words are in a line, you count how many syllables because that affects how long it takes to sound it out. Um, but it's an interesting, he actually says something interesting, because just as the sufferings of Christ increase toward us, that's, that's a more wooden way to render that, just as the sufferings of Christ increase toward us. Now, our version has interpreted that, for we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings. They've really transformed that quite a bit. But you see, the sufferings of Christ here have increased toward us. Means the sufferings that we have taken up in the service of Christ, which he himself shares. That's, that's what he says here. You'll recall that the road to Damascus is behind all of this. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus takes it personally when you suffer for his name's sake. He regards that as his suffering, and so should you. The Lord of glory enthroned in heaven at the right hand of the Father, with all authority in heaven and on earth, granted to him, takes your suffering seriously. And these people up in Roseburg should remember that. Because it's the sufferings of Christ. And just as they've increased toward us, so, through Christ, increases also, he suspended this also. You normally have it earlier. But he wanted to focus on this also, our consolation. See the parallelism in there. It's brought out more when you see it this way. And notice how he wanted to line up these words. He actually moved this. You'd expect it over here. He moved this to the end so you'd see these two words together. Toward us, our. That's part of why I wanted to put on the board. You can see this stuff now. You can see how, it's, how it affects people. Yeah, there may be sufferings of Christ toward us, but our affliction also. So also, our, did I say affliction? Our consolation, our comfort, our consolation through Christ increases. There's a proportion here. The more you suffer, 
the more consolation that you will receive from the Father. You can't, you should not, look down the road and fear suffering for Christ's sake. Because he's going to give you grace when you encounter it, not before. That's what he just told you. As the sufferings pile up for Christ's sake, then through Christ you will receive consolation. He will give you grace in time of need. That's what this verse says. I don't find that very thin after all. I guess my first thought on this text was wrong. Not a thin text anyway. It's actually a rich theological text from a guy who's suffering and subdued. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you are our God. Help us in our meditation on scripture, more importantly in our, as we lead our lives, to know the consolation in Christ more deeply. Grant us increased faith, O Lord, and increased joy in the Lord in the midst of our afflictions, that we may glorify our Father and with Paul say, day by day, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Copyright 2015, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.